الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره نعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Dear brothers teachers faculty and staff students parents Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our master Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our sustainer he's our creator he has sent us in this world for a short appointed time 100 years ago none of us were here none of us that are sitting here just 100 years ago none of us were here and 100 years later none of us are going to be here so we're here for a very short time and we're here for an appointed time each of us have a time each of us have a time and a door through which we will exit this world will return to allah our bodies will die but our souls will move on and our purpose in this world our purpose in this life that very short time that we have is to how do we strengthen our soul how do we feed our soul how do we not forget to you know take care of our soul just like we don't forget to take care of our body we get hungry and we eat we get sleepy and then we take proper sleep it's really important right good sleep good food clean food nutritious food having a proper sleep at night all this is really important hygiene taking care of yourself this is really important keeps your body and your health you know at its best same way how are we taking care of our soul how are we taking care of our soul because our soul makes us the human being that Allah wants us to be our soul makes us and gives us that strength to do good deed our soul one of our teachers imam ghazali rahimahullah said that our soul is supposed to be like the rider you know one in you know, there's a chinese zen story this one man was riding his horse and then the horse was basically he was just riding his horse and going somewhere and someone stopped him and said someone tried to stop him and say hey where are you going and the man said i don't know like what do you mean like where my wherever my horse takes me so basically he's just riding and the horse is taking him wherever it wants and this story is basically in relation in relation to what happens when we lead when we let our emotions lead us to wherever it wants let's say we get really stressed and we say it, we let our stress take us to wherever we want and then we say whatever we want we get really upset or sad or depressed or down about something or maybe we get angry or upset about something and instead of we regulating and controlling our horse our body and the emotions we feel in our body what happens when you feel angry where do you feel it in your body when you get really stressed or you get really angry where do you feel it in your body some people they start feeling like this you know they feel that they're you know they feel this tingling in their hands or this warm temperature and sensation in their cheeks or maybe tightness in their neck or shoulder or, or their chest and you start feeling like or some people they have their palms sweating and you start seeing the result of your stress or your anger or the difficult emotion that you're feeling in your body in your body you start feeling those like you know 
those indications. And then, who's in control? If we don't feed our soul, if we don't feed our soul, then our body is going to take over and that stress and emotion that we're feeling is going to take over. And it's going to take us towards wherever it wants. Just like the Prophet was writing, you know, he was writing, and this one Bedouin came, and he, he held the, the scarf that the Prophet was wearing, and he just, just, you know, pulled the scarf so hard that the Prophet you know, he just like, he, he, he went through like a shock, like a jerk, you know, and then as he, as he tried to look to the person, you know, the Prophet collar, his shoulder, became red because he was wearing a shawl around his neck and someone pulled it so hard. If somebody does that to you, our natural reaction is going to be, we're going to be really upset. If somebody comes and just pulls my, I don't want you to like, practice that right now though. Um, if somebody pulls your, pulls your kufi or your, your hijab or your shirt and they just like tear your button or something, you're going to be really upset. You're going to be really mad, right? This is normal. This is a natural human response because we are all supposed to have anger. Allah created anger for a purpose. Anger is so that we can take care of ourselves and protect ourselves from an attack. Anger so that we are able to defend ourselves and our family, our parents and our siblings and our loved ones and our assets. Anger is because if somebody is oppressing someone, we can take care of that person who is oppressed and help them. Allah has created anger for a reason. Anger is important. However, how to respond to anger? We have to go back to the Prophet If anyone hurt anybody in the community, the Prophet would be really upset. If anybody hurt or were, dis, you know, they're not, they're disrespectful to Allah or His religion, the Prophet would be very upset. But if somebody disrespected the Prophet, or somebody did something to the Prophet, how did the Prophet react? Most of the time, the Prophet did not react in a way that would show his anger. Most of the time, he would react with patience. Instead of reacting, he would respond with patience and compassion. And he would forgive if somebody did something to him personally. So when do you get upset? If somebody does something that hurts the community, hurts other people, hurts the weak, the poor, the needy, the oppressed, then you get upset, then you get angry. But if somebody hurts you or does something to you, then you have the ability to forgive. Now, how did the Prophet respond when somebody pulled that shawl? By the time the Prophet looked around and looked at that Bedouin, the Prophet was smiling. He smiled. And this was the miracle of the Prophet his, his soul, his ruh, he was feeding his, his soul so much every day. You know the food of the soul? How do you feed the soul? What are the food of the soul? Just like we eat breakfast, right? Or lunch or dinner. We have protein and we have carbs and we have fruits and veggies. Right? A bunch of takis. No, I'm just kidding. You're not supposed to, that's not food. That's not considered nutritious food. Fruits, veggies, protein, carbs. Think that Allah has given them. Allah SWT gave us clean food. Allah said to eat halal and tayyib, pure food. If we give our, food, our body impure food, 
then we are not taking care of our body. The same way, how do we take care of our soul? What is the food of the soul, guys? You don't have to respond, but just think about it for a second. How do we feed our ruh, our soul? Our soul is supposed to be the rider, and the body is supposed to be the ride. So that when our body feels all those stress, or emotions, or difficulty, it doesn't pull us wherever it wants. But rather, we can tame it. We can tame it. You know, have you ever seen someone taming like a wild horse? And the horse is jumping up and down, and they're trying to pull the horse down, and the, or the horse is just, they're normally in a ring. You know, and they're trying to tame the horse down. Sometimes it takes hours. They have to hold on, and, and, and sometimes it takes like hours to tame that horse. And our stress and our emotions can be that wild horse that wants us to go hit someone or say something really mean or whatever they did maybe do even something worse. But the Prophet taught us that when someone does something to us, we don't have to let our body take us wherever it wants. Fir'aun wanted Musa salam because Musa salam accidentally as he was, you know, Musa as he was leaving and he was trying to save people, you know, Musa he hit someone and that person died. And the Prophet, and the Musa was trying to save that uh, other people, oppressed people. He was trying to help them and while trying to help them, Musa you know, was trying to move this person and as he hit him, he didn't realize that his, the hit of the Prophet was very strong. You know, so Musa was wanted by Fir'aun. And Fir'aun was like this really bad, really, you know, uh, oppressive king. And Allah, what did Allah say? Then Musa, go and invite Fir'aun to me. Talk to him about Allah, one God. And Musa was like, oh goodness. How is he going to listen? Is he going to listen? How am I going to respond? If he's mean or if, he's trying, if, he's, if he tries to do something bad. So, Musa made a dua. He made a dua. Allah SWT says his dua. He said, Allah, expand my heart. Expand my chest. Because when you feel anger or stress or difficult emotions, you feel like, you feel constricted. You feel really tight. And when you release and let go, then you feel expansion again. Allah, expand my heart. And make my task easy for me. Make my task easy for me. So the Prophet when he looked back to the Bedouin, he was smiling at him. Because his, his soul and his spiritual heart was so expansive, so big, he was able to forgive people. He was able to forgive people. So guys, we have to ask ourselves, how can we bring that peace and that tranquility in our, our soul? How do we feed our soul? Ask you a question to think about, right? How do we feed our soul? One of the ways to feed our soul, one of the ways to feed our soul, is whenever you're going through a difficulty, whenever you're going to going through any type of difficulty or stress, whenever you're going through a stress, at that moment, Talk to yourself positively. Telling yourself that even in this moment, Allah is with me. Allah is with me. 
When somebody goes through difficulty, does Allah lead them? Does Allah lead them? When you're going through a test, or when you're going through difficulty, when you have been sick, or someone did something wrong to you, does Allah leave them? No, Allah is with you. Allah says, if you have patience, in Allah is with those who are patient. Allah is with those who who actually remember Allah, who are mindful of Allah, who think of Allah. Allah is with you. So one of the ways to feed your soul is to remember Allah in your heart and say, Allah is with me. It's okay, Allah is with me. One of the ways to feed your soul is to remember Allah. Alright, whenever the Prophet went through any difficulty, what did he do guys? When he went through stress, difficulty, what did he do? What did he do? What did the Prophet do? He, the Prophet Sallallahu if he, if he got upset or angry, he would tell people, Go make wudu. Or say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem. And he himself, he would go and make Turaka. He would go make, make Salah. Whenever the Prophet had any difficulty, he would resort to Salah. He would make Turaka Salah. Calm himself down, remember Allah. And then ask Allah. Okay? You know what happens when you calm down, when you raise your hands, when you make dua, when you talk to somebody, you're talking to Allah, say, Allah, I'm going through a difficulty, I'm really upset or angry right now. Help me and teach me how to take care of this. I'm so stressed right now, I don't know how to do this. Teach me how to do this. You know what happens when you do that? Your brain, your brain has, there are two centers of your brain. One part of your brain that's right below your forehead that you make sajda with, you make sujood with, is the rational part of the brain. It's called prefrontal cortex. Through that part of the brain, you can think like a human being. You think about all these good creative things. But, but there is a part of the brain that's also called the limbic system, which is the emotional center of the brain. When you get angry, that part of the brain gets like, mmm, I gotta go fight someone. Right? And when you want to calm the emotional center of your brain down, you're feeling stressed, angry, or upset, you know what you, what you do? How do you calm it down? When you, when you make dhikr to Allah, say, Astaghfirullah, or, or you stand for salah, you activate the rational part of your brain. And you calm down the emotional center of your brain. What else can you do to feed your brain, feed your soul, feed your ruh? What else can you do, guys? Something else you can do to not have any, any, anything bad in your ruh and your soul is to forgive people. Forgive people. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Maybe you're not ready to forgive like right at that moment. Maybe it takes a few minutes, maybe it takes a few hours. What did the Prophet teach us? You should never not talk to a Muslim brother or a sister for more than three days. So he gave us up to how long? Three days. But within that time, you should go say assalamu alaikum, shake hands. What happens when you say salam to someone? When you shake hands with someone, what happens? When you say assalamu alaikum, may Allah grant you peace. What does the angel say? What does the, when you pray for a Muslim brother or a sister or a, or a friend or a family or a relative or a colleague, when you make dua for someone, what does the angel say? The angels say, same to you. May Allah grant you peace too. When you say salam, Allah's peace come to you. You know you're not feeling peaceful because you're so angry or upset or stressed. Allah's peace comes because you sent somebody else peace. What else can you do guys? You can, you can shake their hands. The Prophet said when two Muslims shake their hands, by the time they take their hands away, their sins fall off. And you know what 
what you know, psychologists and researchers recently told us about shaking hands with people or giving somebody a hug. They said when you shake somebody's hand and you hold it for about eight seconds, your body releases oxytocin. It's a chemical that in your body that makes you feel good, makes you feel more relaxed. So it's the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to shake hands. When the Sahaba, they used to give their hands to the Prophet, the Prophet would never withdraw his hands. He would, even if it was inconvenient for him to just keep his hands, he would not withdraw his hand, he would just leave it there until they let go. And even though he was the Prophet and people, was, people were supposed to say salam to him, he was the first one to say salam to others. One of the ways to bring, bring peace in your ruh, in your spirit and feed your soul, say a lot of salam. When you go around the school, assalamu alaikum. Say it from your heart. Mean it. Mean the peace for others. All our brothers say assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Mean it in your heart. And if you forget sometimes, then make dua that Allah please grant peace to all the people here at our school, at our home, my parents, my teachers, my friends. Okay? Assalamu alaikum. So that's one way. One time a sahaba entered. One time a sahaba entered the masjid The Prophet was sitting with his companions What did the Prophet say when he saw him entering the masjid? What did he say? He saw him entering the masjid and he said If you want to, before he entered The Prophet said, if you guys want to see a person of Jannah Then, when, then watch for the person that enters It's kind of like one of you are missing in Juma And we're all giving a khutbah here And then you're about to enter And I'm like, hey guys, you want to see a person of Jannah? Watch out! Somebody's going to be entering the door right now. They were like, whoa! Who's going to be? From Montessori or elementary or middle school, high school? Is it a teacher or a student? Who's going to be? We're going to be really like excited. So the Prophet system said, someone's going to enter and that person belongs, that person's going to go to Jannah. They're like, whoa! And then some ordinary Muslim person entered and they didn't really know him. A lot of people didn't know him. They're like, huh? What is so special about him? So somebody went and stayed with him for a few days to figure out what he does. What type of special good deed does he have? And they're like, he doesn't have anything special. We do everything that he does. So then when they asked him, he said, before I go to sleep at night, I don't hold any grudge in my heart. I don't hold any bad feelings in my heart about anybody. And I forgive everybody. Forgiving others it brings light and noor in our, in our heart and our soul. It's a way to feed our soul. How many food did we talk about? The food of the soul? First, remembering Allah. Making dhikr, a'udhu billah min shaitan rajim. Making udu, making salah. We talked about how to forgive. Forgiving people. Alright, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two more things and I'm done. Reading. Reading is a nur and the, and, the, and the food for the soul. Reading. What was the first verse Allah told the Prophet Allah made sure that nobody taught the Prophet how to read and write. Did anybody teach our Prophet how to read and write? Like Alif, Ba, Tha, Tha or A, B, C, D. Did anybody teach our Prophet how to read the letters? Why? The Prophet was from a noble family. His family had money or later on his, you know, when he, he was a businessman, he, has, he, had, he had money. His wife Khadija was one of the wealthiest women. Why didn't he learn how to read and write? 
Allah protected him from learning from anybody how to read and write because Allah wanted to be his teacher. So only about the Prophet, we don't call him illiterate, we call him unlettered because Allah made sure that he doesn't learn his letters from anybody but Allah. Allah wanted to be his direct teacher. Allah protected the Prophet so that Allah would be his teacher. Okay? Now guys, even though Allah knows that Allah protected him from learning letters from anyone, why did Allah tell him the first verse, the first word, Iqra, read. He said, I'm not, I'm not among those who read. Allah knows that already. It's because reading opens up the, the world of Allah in your mind and your heart. Reading opens you up to all the beautiful things that Allah created in this world. Iqra. And the Prophet is reported to have said, nothing calms your mind when your body, when you're stressed, when you're anger, when you know, you're trying to get away from your best self and you want to just do something that's not really good. How do you calm it down? How do you relax it? How do you regulate it? Prophet told us that nothing can calm your heart and bring tranquility to your heart than the reading of the Qur'an. The, 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 the mother of all books. The final and the complete book Allah revealed to the Prophet The final message. When you read the Qur'an. And after reading the Qur'an, reading books. Reading books calms you down. There was one research that was done in the, in the UK. And they, they made people... They took some people and they showed them you know, images or, or videos or things that made them stressed and a little upset or maybe a little sad. And then they tried to give them something to do and measure how much their stress level goes down. Some people were given a book to read. Some people were given some music to listen to. Some people were told to go take a walk outside. Some people were t- told to sip their tea or coffee. And then they measured their stress level after that activity. And they found that the most effective way to reduce your stress was what? Out of those four things I mentioned. Reading. Reading brings your stress level down by 68% according to that study. Just reading. You know when you read at night, just for 15-20 minutes, it can calm you down and it makes, it makes it easier for you to fall asleep. But if you're on your phone or your iPad or something else, technology, makes it even more difficult for you to go to sleep. Reading is a food for your soul, for your ruh. May Allah give us tawfiq, inshaAllah. And the last thing I wanted to say, I don't have time to say more, writing. Writing. Writing also, you know, Allah subhanahu says in the Quran, that Allah bilqalam, He taught them by the pen. And Allah taught us how to also use the pen. And when we write, what, what, what am I feeling? What can I do? And you reflect and you learn and you read and you write your feelings and emotions and your intentions. And as you write, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you more from your heart. Allah will give you writing as a way to also feed your soul. May Allah give us tawfiq inshallah to, to practice. Ameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq and forgive all our sins. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Bada'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Inna Allahumma Laaikata Wa Sallamuna Ala Nabi, 
يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد when was the last time you said salawat to the prophet and you felt it from your heart you know the ottomans the uthmanis in turkey when they used to send salawat to the prophet their tradition was they would put their hands on their heart to feel the feel the love for the prophet they used to put their hand on their heart and say allahumma salli ala sayyidina just to show the love when did you feel the love when you say allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammad allah send the best choices blessings to our beloved prophet i love my prophet send it with love and the more you send salawat upon the prophet the more inshallah you'll be eligible for his intercession and to be his neighbor and to be close to the vips on the day of judgment may allah make us amongst them inshallah allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nasgiz ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nasgiz aslih lana shalana kullaha wa la takilna ila anfusina tarfatain rabbana atina min ladunka rahma hayyil lana min amrina rashada ya hayyu ya qayyum nasuluka min khayri khayri nasuluka min khayri نسلك خير ما سألك من نبيك حبيبك مصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم نوزك من شر ما سألك من نبيك حبيبك مصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت مصعان عليك البلاء ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله أقيم الصلاة